and welcome to an episode of We're Not Wizards. My name is Richard. My name's also Colin. <laughs> and it's 2018, so Happy New Year to everyone. Even Happy New Year. Happy New Year, even though it's like, what, the eight, almost like halfway through January. Is, isn't there a law that we're not allowed to say Happy New Year now? Don't say that. <laughs> I don't know. It's in Twelfth Night. Twelfth <laughs> Night. I'm in a different time flux. So I've decided that years and stuff like that don't count because I'm that age where I'm kind of like I'm counting the years. I'm counting my well, impending I, doom. I, I just forget it. I just don't bother. What? It's uh, a new year. What? It's a new year for um, people that haven't listened to us for the first time. The reason that we do this is because there's quite simply not enough podcasts out there about board games. No. No, there's. I've looked. I've looked there's as none. well. Definitely not. There, In fact, there's only three podcasts from Scotland that do in board games. the entirety <laughs> of Scotland. In the entirety of Scotland that do board games. One of them is the Unlucky Frog, Unlucky Frog Gaming, and the other one is the First Player Marker, who we still, we still haven't spoken to them yet. No. No. Oh. It's quite terrible. <laughs> it's quite shocking. And the second reason that we do this is because um, we thought we'd have a chat, didn't we? Yeah, totally. Why not? Why not? You know, what are we going to chat about? People are going to be confused, but like, Richard's not with a guest. <laughs> no, he's with his co-host. <laughs> <laughs> yes, what is going on? Well, you're going to start doing the history, but there's going to be people going to be saying, but um, isn't he going to do the thing about... Um, and the second reason is he like he's nosy and he likes to find out about people. So he's gonna have a look back at the past and then a stare at the present and then a peek off into the future. No, three we're shows not. they said. Here we are again. They said. <laughs> no, I can't even know what episode it is. It's like, do you know actually? It's episode I think number twelve or thirteen. I think mean, so. It's something pitifully small well, like that. But it's like I think in total it's like a hundred episode one hundred and thirty-seven. <laughs> He's totaling up the count. I think we did, we did like 98 episodes in 2017. <laughs> quite, I know. What was I doing? It was like staying at home and potentially having a look at marriage guidance. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but anyway. He's hoping no significant others are listening to this podcast. <laughs> I don't. I know that. Um, yeah, but what we thought, we thought we'd get together and we thought we'd chat about a couple of games that we've been played over the piste. We have. Over the piste while we've o- been skiing. While we've been skiing. Oh. Yes. Top hole. No, they don't do that. That'd, no, be, no, that'd t- be people on horseback. T- <laughs> Tally who would also be in planes. But <laughs> chucks away, what, what, right? Yes, yes, sir. Good, sir. Um, there's a couple of games we've got to the table which have been very, very good. We've got lots. We got, so many games. I've we, forgotten. I, we've, I've, we've been playing a large plethora of games of late, so we thought we'd have a chat about a couple of them. Now, before we dive in, we thought, just in the interests of clarity, that of we science, clarity of reviews and things mm. like that, because I know there's been things said about people of late with regards to reviews and what constitutes a review. So, just to be perfectly clear, when we talk about games, we're talking about our first impressions. It's yes. just whether or not we liked it. When we got to, to the table, whether or not we liked it and we'd like to get it back again. We might have gone on and played it a couple more times. We might, might have stuck it back on the shelf and never touched mm-hmm. it again. But it's just a little bit of a first impression. Maybe a little latter because we've got too many games. It's just it's all fun. It's all fun. It's nothing serious, you know. So it's a bit like WTF. We're now going to talk about sliders for the next half hour. 
We're going to talk about the graphics. We're going to talk about the replayability. We're going to, no, we're just going to talk menus. about... Menus. Lots of menus. <laughs> exactly. How did you find the game? Uh, I found it on the shelf where I'd left it. Did I have some dust in it? Had a little bit of dust in it because I got it delivered in August and I still hadn't got it off the shelf. Um, the first game that we're going to talk about is um, I'm no very big and I'm awfully shy. Um, I just walked down from the... Isle of Sky. Isle of Sky. Wow, that was a jump. <laughs> that was a jump. That wasn't. That wasn't a segue. It was almost like a flipping charity, charity begging campaign or something. Um, Isle of Sky. Maybe. Where's my auto reader? <laughs> Isle of Sky. Where's my script? There isn't one. Do we edit? We don't. Is it good to have you back? It always is. Um, Isle of Sky. Mayfair Games. Is. It's a mixture, because I, when I was looking through the rules, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm quite daunted by it, and mm-hmm. our good friend of the show, David Wright, mm-hmm. owner and organiser of Tabletop Scotland, which is a con coming to you very, very soon. Well, coming to us. Coming to us, unless people are coming over, or up from other places. We don't want riffraff. Or English people. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I have to cut that bit out. Doesn't matter. Um, he he decided he has, and he played Isle of Sky, and I was like, "Oh, I don't know how to play Isle of Sky," and he says, "I'll teach you." Mm. So we, he's good that way. We, he is. He's very very handy in that thing. So we got our copy, um, put it on we're the also table. Playing with Simon, I think. Simon, oh, yeah. And was John there as well? Or maybe it was that was Ooh. it Andy or maybe it was I think it was Andy. Was it Andy? I don't know if it was. Bruce. Maybe. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The nature of the game of Isle of Sky is quite simple, is that you are a chieftain. And your idea is that you are basically wanting to build yourself up a fine bit of land and basically become the high best chieftain that there ever was. And how you do this is it's a mixture of um, auctioning. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of kind of decision making. There's an awful lot of tile laying. Yep. And then there's an awful lot of kind of strategy based on. It's kind of like changing rewards, changing yeah. point scoring. Because um, you'll correct me, obviously. If I'm no, wrong. it's it's very like a Naver game. Um... What is that game called? It's about building a city in Babylon. Um, Babylon? No. <sighs> we'll need to find out. Alibaba? No, no, no. Well, Alibaba is no, no, like no, a no, marketplace no. in China, I think. I played it with with that chappy. It's not Kingdom Builder. No, he, he didn't describe it very well to me. <gasps> I don't know. Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We'll, <laughs> you know, we'll not cut this bit either because we like, you know... Anybody, if you know what it is... Then send us a tweet and let us know. There'll be points. There will be points. There'll not be prizes, though. It's just, <laughs> don't phone, it's just for fun. Um, Isle of Sky is one of these strange games that, like, the... It's lovely. First, yeah, it's a beautiful-looking game, first of all. Um, the artwork on it is stunning. You get a nice little kind of screen mm-hmm. to, cover your, um, to cover your intentions. Because the game comes in, like... F- 
first parts. The first one is the the bidding. Yep. So well, first one you pick the tiles. Yes. You eat. Every person gets four tiles, which they randomly. Is it four? Or is it three? Three. It's three. Um, which you randomly pull out of a bag. Yes. And then you you look at them. You put them down in an order, and that becomes important for the next step. Yes, it does because you put the you put the tiles. The tiles get laid in front of the screen, mm-hmm. and then the coins get laid behind the screen. Yep. And you get also get you've got to decide between the ones that you have. You've got to decide one you're not going to keep. You're going yeah. to get rid of. And then two, you get to put coins down. Now the idea of the game is, well, this part of this the game is that if you want to keep a tile, then you'll want to put as much coinage down behind that tile as possible to basically price it out the market. You'll yeah. also want to maybe put a couple of coins down on a tile that is you're wanting to sell, so you get some money mm-hmm. from that from that kind of tile. Um, Once you've decided that, it then goes on to the sort of second phase. Yes. And that is the auction round. And uh-huh. going from, from player one around. Yes. Uh, he looks at all the tiles on offer. Yes. And then he goes, that tile is a tile I need. Yes. And then he, if he wants to buy it, he's got to beat the amount of coins placed by the other person. Yes. Yeah, so that's where the, the how yeah. many coins you put on him particular yeah. island so basically you give you know if there was something if there was if you reach if you got the coin value you beat it you take control yep. of that tile um and then fantastic that's you know that's what you do you're able to then control that tile um it goes round and people kind of make their decisions as to what kind of tile that they're going to buy the first player token you also can changes lose all tiles because well. someone you know people might buy all your tiles yes and you might not have enough money to buy someone else's tile. Yes. So yes. you can end up not being able to place a tile. It's yeah. It's kind of, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can be in that situation. You can also be in the situation where it's... You might decide that you just want to go out and ruin somebody's day. And mm-hmm. for no other reason than... Well, no. Spite. Well, that, that became a, a crucial thing in the game we had. Yeah. Because you just went ahead and decided, oh, eight coins for that, is it, sir? I'm going to put down nine. I'm going to take well, it's, that one. It's, it's, you know, like like certain, you know, depending on the victory condition of that yeah. round. Yeah. You might go, if he gets that, then he gets nine points. Yeah. If I buy it, yeah. I might only get two points from it, but it stops him getting nine points. Exactly. And that takes you on to the next stage because then you've got these tiles in front of you. And in a Carcassonne type style, yep. you've then got to place the tiles that you've won. Yeah. Now, just yeah. like uh, Carcassonne, you've got you've got a match area, so you've got mountainous areas, you've got mm-hmm. plain kind of areas. Um, you seas. might yeah, seas. You might decide to match them up, and then you've got to put them down. You've got to take into account: Are you trying to build up bigger areas of land? Are you trying to connect? Um, you've got animals on the land on the land well, there's, individual there's tiles as well. Yeah, scoring things that can be on the actual tiles. So. Yeah. Boats, yeah, uh, livestock, yeah, two different styles of livestock because it was it was coos, coos and sheep and, and sheep. sheep beasties. Uh, there was whiskey barrels, yeah, there was whiskey barrels that roads, yes, and farms, yes, and I think there was also was it castle, 
Yeah, I think it was a castle or a lighthouse. I potentially think it might have been a lighthouse. It could be. It could be. Could it be. could be. Why <laughs> you've got all these so many different things, and it's like you're like, well, that's good because if I if I finish off a road or if I fill myself with like whiskey barrels or if I say, for instance, manage to put three sheep um, within close proximity of each other, that means I'm scoring maximum points. Mm. It's not the case, is it, Colin? Nope. Because every round, the scoring changes. Yep. Uh, there is five different scoring options. Yes. Depending on the rounds and depending on the number but of th- players. There, there are um, tokens that you pick at the very beginning of the game. Yes. And it's a communal, you know, so this will be scoring token A, yes. B, C, D and yes. E. Yes, yes. And then as you play the game, each round will be a combination of those tokens. So in round one of the game we played, it was A and C were the two scoring tokens for that round. Yeah. And then, then for instance, those ones in turn might say, you're going to get lots of points if Mm. you have lots of sheep. Yep. Or you might get lots of points if if you've got whiskey barrels, or you might get tons of points if you've completed full land masses. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Land, which was one of the reasons that you ended up scoring oh, yeah. kind of lots and lots of points. <laughs> if this sounds complicated so far, the fact of the matter is, it's not. It's not. It's so elegant. Mm-hmm. It's so... It is the the instructions on it kind of portray a game that is far more complicated than what yeah. it actually is. You're essentially playing a set of mini-games that the combination of those mini games, the outcome of those mini games, have a direct effect on the mm. next mini game, and yep. so on and so forth. You basically, um, once you score, you move your little lord round the kind of the kind of the score. It's a little the scoring disc. Track. Yeah, yeah, it's a disc, but you know, it's a lord. It's a disc, you know. Imagine, chieftain. Use your a chieftain. Im- use your imagination. It is a chieftain. Okay. Um, but the interesting thing is, is that. Um, Depending on where you were and depending on um, where you were in terms of points and things like that as well, you'll find you get more money. Mm-hmm. Um, so generally, being being um, somebody that's like furthest back on the score track is usually pretty good for earning your cash. The guys yeah. up the very front earn less money to start the rounders. The guys at the back basically get more more money is to, is, it's, is, it's to try and level it out. Yeah. So as you get closer to the end of the game, the person who's running behind yeah. has got that chance of possibly buying success. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what Simon Simon's game plan was. Simon seemed to continually be magically at the back of everybody um, in order to kind of mm. get together as much money as possible. So when it came... He, he banked, I think, he banked on scoring the last round, really. Yeah. Was what he was looking at. Yeah, yeah. And and how he was going to do that is when we, we spoke about this earlier, but was um, making it really, really difficult for people to, <laughs> to buy stuff from him <laughs> and at the same time having enough money so he could basically go in and demand the tiles um, that he wanted to. Um, you know, it was kind of, it was, um, it just, it's one of these games you should, it's one of these games that I, whenever I look at it, I I look at it with a smile on my face and think that's something I could easily get, 
get back to the table. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily a heavy game. It's called. It's kind of comp. It would be. It's uh, it's a it's a wee brain burner when you're playing. Oh it, yeah, but yeah. Actually, when you sit down and and look at how to play it, it's really yeah. It, it it's one of those games where it just it's obvious what the next step is. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's got a nice little mixture of mechanics that if you um, you're you, you get to the point where you're kind of planning ahead and you're hoping that certain people don't are selling. Don't buy the tiles. Don't buy the tiles. the tile. And you end up like with no tiles, and you're like, oh, I've just got to go ahead and buy these tiles that I don't necessarily and then I've got to play them and, yep. but then for whatever reason you might find that that tile might benefit you two rounds down the line where Possibly. you know you where you've know. managed to yeah. put kind of stuff together so um, is there strategy? Yes lots of it lots of it buckets of the stuff barrels you could mm-hmm. even argue in saying um, would it is it going to put some people out of reach? no I'd still think, as long as you've maybe got two, if you've got maybe two people that have played it before, I think they could quite happily take another two non-players through and... and, and yeah, the, as with all games, you know, the person that has played it before is going to be at a massive advantage. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's where we were lucky with, with Dave and Simon when we were playing, because... Yeah, well, Dave did put his tile down the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a mistake. <laughs> it was a mistake, <laughs> and he's not going to forget about it. Um, but yeah, um, but no, it was um, yeah. It looks really, really nice. It's relatively inexpensive to pick up as well. I think you can probably pick up a co- copy for probably about the twenty-five, thirty quid mm. level. But um, we can do a we can do a check on that. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's definitely kind of worthwhile kind of picking up and having a shot so for a f- yeah for something that we would get to the table yes we'd definitely get it to the table again so absolutely totally, no yeah. problem at all um interestingly enough the other game I-, I would say you can pick it up for as little as 15 pounds really yeah that's ridiculous <laughs> stop the pot pause the podcast <laughs> go and get it just now give yourself a happy january um but going from uh, controlling islands and being a chieftain to being a king running around with different territory, mm-hmm. the next game that we dived into afterwards was King Domino. Yep. We've spoken about it before. Well, I've spoken about, I've it. Spoken about spoken. it quite a lot of times. Um, um, I've been stolic and silent on the topic. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. What do you think of no <laughs> domino? No comment. No comment. No com. Just a little comment. No comment. Um, King Domino, Blue Orange, have created probably two games that I had a vast amount of joy with over mm-hmm. the Christmas period. Um, the first one being King Domino. It keeps on coming up in, on the podcast because six weeks later... Um, it's still getting played. Um, yep. I took my copy of King Domino over to Belfast with me over Christmas. Did you? I didn't yep. know you did that. And, the, um, and basically the nephews, yeah, we all they, played they, the game. Oh, yeah, nice we played one. it on several occasions. Um, it's just... Um, 
it's when people who aren't board gamers turn around and go, oh, I want a wee game of that. Yes. That's and when you know you've got a cracking wee game. It's probably been spoke. It's been spoken about so many times, but in essence, it is. It's one of the most simple. It's it's a real gateway game. It defines yeah. what a gateway game does. And for people that haven't played it before, stop what you're doing. It's probably fifteen quid as well. Go and get yourself a copy <laughs> because um, you know I've played this enough to be able to say hand on my heart that is pretty much one of the very simplistic fun games that we've played in a while um it works really really well with adults as it does with children which is an unusual game for a gateway game because usually um because usually gateway games if they're aimed at kids there's usually not an awful lot for adults in terms of the strategy can be quite um there's not enough depth to the strategy to provide maybe any kind of long term type of play. There's Queen Domino. Yeah, I with didn't extra know. stuff on it. Yes, I've uh, heard mixed reports of people kind of they don't know if they like the if they like the the changes Ooh. to it, but there'll be such change. Wayne's well, world. What? I know. <laughs> I know. We fear change, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, people are saying Queen Domino's more like more like a gamer game. Ah, right. Okay. More gamery type, more gamery type Added things. Added too many mechanics. A little in bit or more, a couple or? extra functionalities mm-hmm. and mechanics in order to kind of extend the life and also allow you to do kind of tile changes. As far as I'm ah, aware, right. okay. there's kind of red tiles which you can Ooh. change in order to kind of up your score. But in essence, King Domino, very very simple. You. You have um, a plethora of tiles. I think there's yep. about 48. Something Each of them are numbered. Yeah. They've got numbers from 1 to 48 on the back. What you do is you draw four tiles blind. You lay them out in front of you in numerical order. You turn those tiles over. And then what happens is, depending on if you've got three, you know, two, three, two, three, four players, you basically you put those tiles, you put your king, um, you choose a tile to put your, your um, king on. Now... What happens is in the next round, the person that is at the top of the is at the top, going down the way, they play, they play first, second player plays second, third and fourth, and so on. What they do is there's different there's different lands. You get grass, you get woodland, you get sea, you get desert, you, um, you get wasteland, and you get caves, and yep. they come in various stages of rarity. They're all uh, a nice, bright, different bright, color. beautiful, yeah. lovely so really, little. You know, you're not going to go. Is that grassland? No. Is it? Is that grassland? No, it's a desert. And I'm not going to suffer that problem. Beautiful little Easter eggs on there. That if you mm. actually spend your time and look at the <laughs> look at the tiles. For instance, you've got an, like an ocean tile that there's quite clearly like some kind of sea monster, <laughs> you know, swimming underneath. You've got kind of little uh, farm tiles where you've got a farmer with a little kind of um, farmer with a little horse and cart going. Yeah, you know, it's just. Lovely little scarecrows with crows mm-hmm. and stuff like that yep. all flying around it. But the idea is you basically you match things together like it's dominoes. So you've got to put a field next to a field. You've got to put a cave next to a cave. And then on some of the tiles there's crowns. And what those crowns do is that crown means you get one point for each of the the same territories that you connect. If it happens that you've got two tiles that have got a crown on each of them and it's the same territory, you score two points for each of those. And so it mounts up. So you get the yep. more rare stuff. You get the caves that have like three crowns on them, Oof. two crowns on them. 
you know, and you can really mount all the points. So if you get all the caves together, you can end up scoring at the end fifty points <sighs> for like about five or six, you know, five or six yeah. tiles. It's absolutely so much fun. Um, the strategy really kicks in when I would say when there's more adults playing because you mm-hmm. become very aware <laughs> of what you're going to be getting and what you're wanting <laughs> to be picking up. So there is a difference between I play with my youngest who is starting to beat me because he is starts to recognise oh. which tiles are. <laughs> yeah. play it with my middle two, who, my middle son, he instantly is in there trying to figure out strategies and stuff like yeah. that. But at the same time, you're trying to build like a square, yeah, a five-by-five five square. Or, if it's two-player, you can actually do a seven-by-seven seven square, Oof. which you worked out, which makes it even more saucy. I don't think it would be the same as two-player. I, oh, so... I think it... I think it... Uh, to to me, it, well, I only played it as the floor player, so it's still good as two player. Yeah, it's still good as two player when you've got like a seven by seven grid. Mm. Five by five is a bit more. Five by five is it's a bit more quicker, mm-hmm. but you're also missing out on all of the on some of the tiles. Mm. If you play a seven by seven, you're still using up all forty eight tiles. Yeah, so it works out really really nicely. Um, I can't really go on enough about how much this game is going to get continually played <laughs> over a lot of other bigger games that I've mm-hmm. been wanting to play. Um, it is... I mean, and at the end of it, the beauty at the end of it is, once you've finished, you've got a little cardboard castle. <laughs> <laughs> you've got a little cardboard castle that sits there. There's, there's no rhyme or reason for having a castle. It's just there. It's a little cardboard <laughs> castle. And you put your king in your castle and that's you finish and game over and you top up your points and the person with a high score kind of wins it's very good <laughs> I do like it um, as I say I will see what people think of Queen Domino over the piece because hmm. King Domino is one of these things that seem to sneak up I think it got real bigger recognition when it I think it won the Spiel de Jar oh. so I think it got a lot of recognition after that, after that we'll yeah. see what happens with Queen Domino afterwards Um as I say, I'd just say two games that we've played. Second one's Tumble Tree. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but we'll leave Tumble Tree for another time just to say um if you've got another kind of it is again twelve pounds. Yeah, well it was really cheap. Yeah. Oh, it's just yeah. inexpensive. It's not cheap. And the, the, they've got another variant which is almost exactly the same as Tumble Tree. Yes. And it's about um recycling garbage. Just um, <laughs> Blue Orange uh, for me uh, a couple of games I've played and they're just very very simplistic mm. nice games that kind of suit they're very very gateway and they suit that kind of crowd very simple to pick up but yeah so as I say King Domino play it love it stick your little king in your castle at the end um, love his little castle he's got a castle he's not got a catacomb though no. <sighs> Castles and catacombs. Mm-hmm. We played it um, quite recently, um, and as Elsra Games, it was kickstarted about eighteen months ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it came along with Catacombs, kind of third edition, and. Uh, but it did for me because because <laughs> uh, I went I went. Hell for lever on, on buying. You win everything. I'll have the lot. You had the menu. It's like Mr. Creosote. I'll have the lot. Tick, 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 tick. Um, Eldra Games, take my money. 
No. <laughs> Take my money, you fool. Um, Elsa Games, um, friend of the show, Aaron West. Aaron is, he's a star guy. You know, I mean, he creates games which seem to be incredibly good fun. We ranted and raved about Catacombs. Mm, totally. um, yeah. Probably a good year ago. Uh, we're going to rant and rave, rave about Catacombs and Castles because it is, as far as dexterity games go, um, <clears throat> it's a lot of fun. It's, yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's really, really simplistic. It It's kind of... Um, it's Catacombs. Yes. But instead of being Catacombs... Yes. It's a team-based game. So, yes. So it's got that element of competition in there as opposed to... Yeah. It's... Um, it's kind of fun because Catacombs, as you see, you, you, it was almost like a dungeon crawler. Well, it was. It, it yeah. was a whole D&D campaign in, in a few series of cards, which I loved. And you pick up kind of extra extra kind of little... Um, abilities. Abilities yeah. and mechanics and pieces that you could use. Catacombs and Castles is different in that what they've done for when you're first starting the game, is you're kind of restricted on the abilities that you yep. have in order yep. to get used to the mechanics. And then going on, you've got kind of like two variants. You've got the ability to play a team game. So you, you pick, you've got three players or three mm-hmm. characters you yep. pick. And then on the other side of it, you've got the ability to almost go up against like one of the kind of lords. So it's still got the kind of yeah. the catacombs original thing. So if you want to run a cheeky kind of semi-ish campaign I guess if you wanted to you could but the idea is that you're rushing up to defeat this kind of this big lord or it's a team game now it was you and it was me and it was Mr. Leo it was Mr. Leo Mr. Leo and we played the um, the team game and its mechanics are simple aren't they yeah well it yes and no there's a wee layer to them now because there's so many extra abilities that it, it did mean that we, we did have to stop once or twice and go, how does this work? Mm. And then, you know, have a quick look in, in the, the rule book and then that's how it works. And then, But there's no, once you've got it. Yeah. It's yeah. simple. I mean, basically you have got a wooden disc. The wooden yep. disc has got a character sticker on it. That is your character. Mm-hmm. To the left of you, you'll have a card for that character. And underneath that character, there is a couple of... There's its main skill, and there's two additional skills yep. that it can use as well. Um, your character has a little bit of armour. An armour chitty. That, well, um, that, that is all designed... Um, the, the wee chitty and how much life your yeah. team has. Um that's all completely decided before you start the game. So yeah. if you want a long game, yeah. do like more armor tokens and more life tokens. Yeah. If you want a shorter game, take them away. Take it to three. Yeah. yeah, take it to six. You know, do whatever you want mm. to do. Um, it's kind of... There's interesting that um, your your guys can do different types of attacks. You can do a direct melee. So you can just basically flick a, flick a disc yep. at another character. And if that then, hits it. Yeah. You score a damage point. You score a damage point. No. If you flick it, you hit one bad guy. Yes. And then you rebound into another bad guy. Yes. And then rebound into another bad guy. Yes. That would be free damage you would just do. And that was pretty cool. That would be a pretty <laughs> good thing. But the thing is, when you damage it, when you damage somebody, the reward isn't just knocking the guy down a little bit of a health point. Yeah. Um, the reward is that you can take that damage token 
and you can take that damage token and you can change it and you can put it on one of your character cards yep. because mm-hmm. your character's special abilities are char- basically they're charged up. Yes, yeah. So you'll have, um, say for instance, I was playing, one of mine was, um, I think it was playing a, um, a hunter, Lara the Hunter. And she's got a couple of special abilities. And once you charge your special abilities, you've got the ability, you basically say, well, I'm going to use the, I'm going to use the castle special abilities. Um, rather than use your normal kind of abilities. Um, and it'll do everything like, say, um, everybody, everybody in your team is allowed to do an extra melee attack, or yep. everybody in the whole team is allowed to run away and hide, or um, are allowed to do a fireball attack, or mm. do a fireball a melee, a fireball a melee. Don't think I've forgotten that you didn't do that on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's so simple. Yeah, and it's. Prior knowledge of how the game works has very little bearing on the potential outcome of the game, game. because it's a dexterity (laughs) game. So it depends who's got the best dex. I I need it to move three inches over there, and 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 that means I've just got to push it. Oh no, I pushed it too hard. Exactly. It's gone seven instead, or it's gone across the other side of the board. No, it's right in the open. Or I've I've just ricocheted it off that person, or... And you've also it's not because you've because you've just not you're not in charge of one character, you're in charge of three characters. There's a bit of team management there as well. Because yeah. yep. it's the case of if you get you get big wooden blocks in the game. And we've not two, mentioned two. that. Yep. You get a board, but you get these wooden blocks in the game. Yep. And they're they're not unsubstantial. No, they're, they're, they're big, chunky... Two by two, two inches by two inches. Or that would be like five centimetres by five centimetres. Which means you, you can lay out the board differently each time yeah. you play it. Um, it's one of the problems with catacombs of the board has cutouts. Yes. And there's big wooden pieces that slot into those cutouts to, yes. to do the same effect. But they're static. And mm-hmm. You can't move them about. Yeah, and... Um, but in catacombs and castles, the first thing that you do is you take like these six or or eight wooden blocks and you just place them. You some of them are cylinders. Yeah. Some of them are long bits of wood. Some of them are short kind of cubes. Oblongs. We do like an oblong, <laughs> sir. But what does that mean? Millennials what? won't understand what that is. I know. <laughs> it's so bad. An oblong is basically like a rectangular block of wood. They're all painted grey, but they look fantastic. Go and Google image it. You'll see what <laughs> we're talking about. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, but having like these cylinders in play means that you can try ricochet, sh- ricochet yep. shots. You can aim for cover and not bother to attack. If you're under attack constantly, it can essentially it can change the the tide of the kind of the battle and yeah, essentially totally. the game if you manage to get was the that right move you did where, where you um you scooted up to the cover yeah and then that particular character um fired a bow and arrow yeah so you, you're allowed to place within an inch within of your character yeah, yeah. The, the 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 arrow attack yeah and that meant you could actually shoot around the cover and hit my chappy i don't know i was just what's, like what's, I was like, he, he doesn't know this tactical awareness. And then I took this, and then I got my token, and I put it into something, which the cards, um, 
the 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 kind of the 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 funniest thing about the kind of the power up cards for like the I guess the lawful good people Mm. Um, are they've they've got squirrels on them? Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like reinforcements. It's like everybody to arms, and it's and, not and like the, pictures of butch people. No, it's, or it's like a, warriors. It's angry squirrels. <laughs> it's angry squirrels <laughs> kind of going, and you're just like, what are you doing? Um, and, was, and the catacombs have a have a slime. It's a wee <laughs> oh, it's slime just, doing oh, it. It's just fantastic. It's um, Quan. Is it Quan Chai Moriana? I think there is quite one person Quan Chai. Um, they are the lead artist on it. Um, yeah. I I just it just make the art is just the, the art's lovely. The art art is fantastic. It, ever since because the the original catacombs, it was always very serious art on yes, all the pieces. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yeah. And then when uh, third edition came out, and and I saw it, and I just went, I, I need to buy this, and I went on this massive search on the interwebs to find it. And was able to track down this one company that still had a copy of it. And, and I was like, "Take my money." <laughs> th- I mean, the thing about it, yeah, it is, is Quan Chai uh, Moria. So oh, that's some memory you've got. He's me. yeah, he's. I mean, it was just yeah, it was absolutely fun. Just the art on it alone is just because it's not, as you say, it's not like a typical kind of what you look in the mm. dungeon crawler. I've seen his, uh, I've seen his art. He's starting to get uh, commissions for other. Work as is well, which is really, which is really, really good. Um, it's bits the game so well. It's light-hearted it, fun. It's the whole point. It's not a serious, and there's so many um, dungeon crawlers out there, and we're not going to name names. Kill many or not? We're not going to name names. <laughs> that you know that you look at it and you go, I don't. I know fear and dread. Fear and dread is good. Okay, I understand, but fun. You know, Fun. it's it's not it's not serious. It's not serious. It's not Gloomhaven. It's, it's definitely it's... not Gloomhaven. Um, but on and the that other box is going to kill my back. <laughs> I still need to I still need to see this Gloomhaven box. Um, but on the no, but as I say, it's not serious and it's not fun. And because it's a dexterity game, you're kind of opening it up to young players. I mean, yep. my you know my youngest, I could see him playing it. I would just have to explain to him. What character this he was using? This, Here, is, this the is the shot. If you're using this character, this is a shot. Got to do this and this and this. We'd get rid of the superpowers. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't necessarily yep. put them on in the first game, but then we could just fire about, and he would absolutely love it. Absolutely mm-hmm. love it. I can see it. Um, so as far as, I mean, there's Catacombs Conquest, which is coming out, yeah. which is the next one, which I believe is an even. It's a game where the. The kind of the skills are decided by cards. Ah, right. So you've uh-huh. got almost like a generic character, and their skills can be decided by the cards so that they have. So it's purely you build him purely, up how you like. Yeah, and ah, then you've got righty. Catacombs Monster Pit, which is going to be a deck game. Oh, okay. Which is coming out. So there's lots and ah. lots of lovely stuff coming out from Elzra, and I guess um, I guess the only difficulty with Catacombs and Castles is if you see it at retail pick it up because if it goes the same way as catacombs it's going to be pretty tricky to get your yeah. hands on it definitely and it can't I, I remember when i was looking to get catacombs i was looking at some ridiculous 160 yeah. quid on ebay yeah. easily and yeah i was able to track down this little little website and yeah. i think it was board game geeks mm-hmm. and they were still selling it at retail price went 
there you go. Exactly. <laughs> couldn't press couldn't press enter, couldn't have passed enough. Um yeah, so fantastic, love it. Hit it out of the park. Absolutely delighted. Can't wait to get it back to the table. We've got Wervin's Lair to play as well. Yeah. And we've got the original characters. I, I, well, like I say, I bought all the expansions. Mm, so we cannot wait. I, I've got like fifteen different characters. It's for, be so for good. Catacombs and castles. <laughs> So yeah, I've even got two gelatinous <coughs> cubes. Oh my goodness! That when you play them, you've got to use like the next skill because it's. Oh, that sounds fantastic. <laughs> so, so yeah, super. So um, just you know, just fantastic. And the gelatinous cubes are squares. That they're not round discs. <laughs> <laughs> we're big. We're big fans of Elsa. Okay, you know, we're big fans. Yeah, they've got our logo on the box. We're not biased. <laughs> We're, not, We're not biased. But we, we loved our games. Um, it's, it's as simple as that. Um, so that is what we um, that's what we got the table. What we would like to get off the shelf. Um, I like. I've played Dice Forge. You played Dice Forge. I'd you like loved you, it. I'd like you to play Dice Forge. Well, we'll try and play that. We shall try and play that at some, at point. some time. At some point. Um, Hello, a, it's 2019. Godfather. <laughs> I'd like to play that as well. Godfather. Oh, you picked that up, did yeah, you? Yeah, I'd like to play that That's, as well. Um, Area Control. Fossil, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's uh, Eric Lang. Eric Lang, ah. And Simon. I thought that was Tom Vassell's game. No. I don't think so. No. He might have got his picture in it, though. He might have, yes. That could be where I'm getting my wires crossed. Friend of the show, pretty much. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so there's a couple of games we're going to try and get to the table. The next thing that we always do is give it a kick, which is all about Kickstarter. Yay! Kickstarter, and um, yeah, there are as normal. There's a couple of Kickstarters been, that we have been not seen. Looking at Kickstarter because all I, my money ends up going there. So. I have. <laughs> um, I must be honest, but I have also been the same in terms of kind of looking at things and keeping an eye on stuff mm. by potentially chucking them a buck. Um, oh, oh, right, okay. So, so sort of reserving your slot, as it were. Pretty Well, kind of reserving the slot, but also just keeping an eye on the campaigns. I like mm-hmm. to see how kind of different, different publishers kind of um, deal with their campaigns and the updates and the information that they put out yep. and the information that they kind of don't put out. Um, and... The information that they seem to put in the comment section of Kickstarter rather than putting yeah, it the, the last Kickstarter was in the guy wasn't terribly communicative. Ah, okay. But you know, I, I got my it was dice, All and, right. and I got the dice absolutely lovely. All right, can't complain there. Okay. Gorgeous, um, made from lapis lazuli. Ooh, yes, yeah, so they're like gemstone dice. Oh, that's like, lovely. like that, <laughs> like the lining, sir. <laughs> Um, so we do have a couple of games that we've been seeing. Both people have been on the show before um, because you can't kind of... Because <laughs> I'm looking at kind of like the people that I've been speaking to and most of the guys that have been <laughs> on the Kickstarter list have also been on the show as well. That's just the, the nature of it. Um, the first one is um, Aetherius Games, <clears throat> Andrew Burkett. Um, lovely chap. Mm-hmm. Generally nice guy. He's got supernatural socks, a table, <laughs> a tabletop game about lost socks. Now the idea is, where do your socks go? You put them Cut in. Nigel. You put them in the laundry. You take them from the laundry. You put them in the machine. Mm-hmm. 
they get washed, you hang them up to dry, you tumble dry them. And then when you go to put them together... Well, that's, that's where you're going one, wrong, isn't it? There's you one mean, missing. You, you tumble drying them. That, that's, <laughs> there's one missing. You, you're they're destroying the planet. What are you doing? Just, just put them out to dry. <laughs> Come get, on. They're getting eaten. They're getting eaten. <laughs> so Andrew decided, well, it must be, you know, sock ghosts. They must be stealing the socks. They must okay. be stealing the socks. So he's got this game, which is um, basically, it's, uh, it's a game about the ghosts that take the socks from the dryer. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> It's a as with all with um, with a th- with a theorist. It's a it's a simp- They're usually quite simple, very very fun to play, and look absolutely stunning to play at. And also the buy-in on the game is usually kind of next next mm-hmm. to nothing. Andrew is in a situation where he seems to be doing like two or three games a year, or his aim is to do kind of two or three okay. games a year. Um, so players will you know they put three socks face down in front of them. When they've all placed their socks down, they reveal them in turn order, applying all the card effects and placing them in the relevant place on the board. And the players will be able to pick up two ghosts, some which are offensive and defensive. And then all the socks in the dryer move to that player's laundry basket where they score points and socks in the washer move to the dryer. Players draw back up to their hands. So it's basically washing your socks. It's absolutely fantastic. You get 23 ghost cards, 76 wash cards. You get washer cards, dryer cards, and a pile of lost socks as well. <laughs> um, as I say, the kind of the the kind of the buy-in to get into the game, um, it's like nineteen dollars. Mm-hmm. So it's you know it's relatively. What's um, that real money? Real money, you're looking at probably about sixteen pounds. Oh, right. Once you probably put your shipping on, you're probably back up to maybe about twenty-one, 20, twenty-one, fifty. Yeah, seventy-five, one hundred. <laughs> it's like Bitcoin. <laughs> um, there has been um, we'll make sure obviously there's links in the show notes um, so you can click on that as I say give it a look Andrew decent guy he's been on the show before um, the next game that we have been looking at giving a kick is um, just before Christmas I had the delight of speaking to um, Mark Burke and Kira Peevely from uh, Colossal Games. Mm-hmm. And Colossal Games are... Um, Colossal Games have released their... Pretty much their first kind of Kickstarter, which is Western Legends. Mm-hmm. And Western Legends is about deciding whether you want to be lawful good or unlawful bad in the Wild West, whether you want ah, to be right holding down okay. the law or whether you want to be hustling sheep, robbing banks, you know, pinging old ladies on the nose quite hard you know giving them a good flick you know that's that's a choice that's life choice it's a life choice you gotta live with your choices as always um it's it's kind of like a board there's board there's cards which affect your decisions and you Mm -hmm. can decide kind of which side of the barrier you're going to fall on and that affects your decisions with you know what you can actually do um it is currently for a first kickstarter um it is currently storming it with Two, um, two, uh, $258,000 um, of a 60000 budget. So it is really, it's really, bad, it's yeah. really, really storming. Forgot to mention Supernatural Socks has got 16 days to go and it's just tr- over 50%. It's almost at 60% ah, of its funding. So it, it looks like it's going to go. Um, <clears throat> If you want to find more about Western Legends, then please listen to the show that we had with Mark and Kira, because it was a lot mm-hmm. of 
it was an actual lot of fun. But again, 14 days to go. They've got over like 3,000 backers, so it looks like this is the... So it might have been funded. <coughs> yeah, potentially might potentially. have been funded. Um, so very, very good. Very, very interesting. Um, they seem to be smashing kind of stretch goals left, right and centre <laughs> at the moment. Um, obviously, their, um, their kind of pledge box is a little bit higher if you want to get involved in the game. Mm-hmm. You're looking at roundabout... Uh, what, what actual type of game is it? It's a... It's kind of like you get a, it's a deck of cards, point scoring. Um, let me just go in. All right, so it's 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 a deck game then, is it? Yeah. Oh, you get a deck. Okay. Of, yeah, you get a deck of cards. It's like a, it's like a. Ugh, they described it to me as like a tabletop adventure. So you ref, you are basically a historical figure, um, and you earn like up to like a legendary status. So you in order to get that legendary status. You do it in a variety of ways. So you mm-hmm. like prospect for gold, or you rob banks, you fight bandits, you uphold the law, and the idea is to reach this legendary status before a certain number of preset rounds. And the person that you know kind of wins, then they win, and they be- they reach their legendary status and end up in the annals of history. Right. So it's all very, very, very good fun. Lovely looking game board. Again, you get twelve different characters. Gold cards, fight cards, action cards, money cards. There's a general store. I mean, um, tokens, player mats. There's miniatures in it. There's bandits in it. There's a sheriff in it. So this is going to be one of these games that, due to the stretch goals, it's going to grow mm-hmm. in terms of what the yeah. you know what the eventual offering is. As I say, if you want to dive in, you're looking at round about the. <clears throat> The $60 mark will get you sheriffs. Mm. Um, and this, So if that's the base, if you want to get into kind of like a with some expansions, you can get the legendary version, which is $75. And that's about, probably works out about 65 quid. 62 mm, to 65 quid, now, yeah. 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 Um, and you get a fistful of extras expansion. Um which is all unlocked stretch goals, and you get the bo- the good, the bad, and the handsome expansion as well. Um, they're doing an automatic. Do they have a picture kind of, of me in it. What? Yes, they do. <laughs> um, you also get the chance if you just want to pledge to get into the pledge manager, you can spend nine dollars and you get a fifty-two poker deck. 50, oh, with obviously okay. the characters mm-hmm. kind of pictures on it as yeah. well. So again, 14 days to go, lots of backers, quarter of a million dollars. Um, give it a check out. Mm. As we see with everything on Kickstarter. Buyer beware. Buyer beware. Check your sources, check out what they're doing, check the communication, check the comments. Most importantly, check out if they've been on our show. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um... Shall we jump on to questions? Go for it. Okay. We um we went and asked the Tinternet webs the if they had webs. if they had any questions for us today because we no. were recording and they said go away you horrible horrible man. Uh, Fly you fools the enemy is upon us fly. <laughs> Uh, and we asked, obviously asked, like, well, we're recording tonight. Do you have any questions for us at all? Um, 
Mr. Stephen Tudor, Polyhedron Collider. Yeah. Friend of the show and all, all-time good man. Uh, he was at, at Wachofelem Magdenga. Because he had Polyhedron Collider, but then he decided that he... There was too many people... Who's going solo? Uh, he's gone, no, he's not going solo. He's just got his own Twitter account. But he's got the most oh. ridiculous kind of Twitter. Steve... Get your Twitter handle sorted out, mate, because I can't even say this, let alone spell it. Does he know the way? He knows the Wachofel Madenga, which is just what... He says, what was the last game you played for the first time and said, I bloody love this and purchase yourself a copy as soon as humanely possible? It's King Domino. King, yeah, totally. King Domino, it was the... I Gla- remember. It was the Glasgow Game Fest. Yep. And... Uh, I stopped at the the stand for the I think the retail guy that was there, and uh, I stood there and went, oh, could I, could I buy it and go home and say I mm. bought a game at the Glasgow Game Festival, <laughs> and I walked away and I turned back and my absolute outstanding um, son put, pressed a copy of King Domino in my hand and went, Father, I have bought this for you, oh, with my own money, I know. That you gave him, but that's beside no, the point. No, 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 it's fine. But you know, and so that's how I kind of the the copy of game, King King Domino came about. Oh man, that, that's I, I forgot he bought it for yeah, you. It's, I know, oh man, I know. It was kind of oh, oh, and I kind of went oh, wow, you're becoming an enabler. <laughs> <laughs> just just like your father. Um, what about yourself? We talked about this, and and I wasn't sure, but um, Gladiatores. Gladiatores jumped right into my head because I sat down and played it, and by the time we'd finished playing it, I was like, I want to own this. Yes, but it's not been released yet. It's not even. <laughs> it's not even kickstart. Justin Morgan Davis from Bad Cat Games is going to be releasing that um, over the next couple mm. of months on the Kickstarter, and there's a healthy queue of us that would like to get yeah. their hands on it and definitely would like to, to kind of play it. Um, yeah, so thank you, Steve Tudor Wafalogamengadenga. Get your Twitter name sorted out, I don't out, think mate. he knows the way. It's just awful. Um, both sides of my table, Giles Pound, friend of the show, at Giles Pound, he says, what are your view on solo variants of multiplayer games? I guess you'd be talking about Scythe and Viticulture and it's Automata and also I guess Dark Souls allows you to play single player. Um, what are your views on multi- on solo variations of multiplayer games? Well there's there's lots of, of games that could just be played solo if you really wanted to. So yeah. all, all your sort of you know, dungeon crawling games you could you know you could easily just play all four characters. Yeah. Yeah, because the enemies you're fighting all have procedures on, on what they're going to do. Yeah, a lot of them do. I wanted to buy um, one of the coin series games. Yeah. Because they're famous for their... Yeah, they've got... Uh, yeah, yeah, automator yeah, yeah. Um, coin series games. So that's uh, Fire on the Lake. Um, yeah, Katie Adley, she talks about them yeah. an awful lot. Yeah, Fire on um, the Lake. The, that's Cuba the... Liberté was the one I wanted to get yeah, a hold of. Yeah, but yeah. It's like gold dust just now. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for a reprint. Um, I I don't have any solo games in my collection, and I'm thinking these days that 
there is the odd afternoon, especially over Christmas there, I had the odd afternoon where you know, the big dining table set up because we had Christmas dinner. Yeah. So I've got the space to lay a big board game out and just leave it for a couple of days. Yeah. Because I'm not working or anything. Yeah. So. It'd be interesting. But, I think um, we touched on this before about things like the Descent app and mm. things like that where you can play that now solo player because you just need... you need Basically, you want to play these games, you need to play it yourself or you've got like a... Um, You've almost got like a, a kind of an app that can do yeah. that version for you. Um, well, it's, it's like, um, you know, I've, I've got Gloomhaven from the other room. Yeah. And getting three other people to invest the amount of time that's needed to get through that game is going to be a nightmare for me. I know, I know. And also the fact that you've had to put Gloomhaven on the other room because it pretty much takes up the other room. <laughs> no, no, well, it doesn't. It takes up a lot of room. Yeah. It physically takes up a big space. Yeah. Because it's a big ass box. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it's the time sink thing, you know? Yeah. There's 95 missions in it. Okay, yeah. you don't play all 95 in a playthrough. No, you don't have to, no. You can retire. You get your um, you get your retire for your character if they reach a certain If, if, a certain if they stage. reach their life goal. Yeah. Then, then that That's character it. retired. But um, you know, each one of those missions is... Is an hour. Yeah. So that's you're looking at possibly hitting ninety five hours to play the game. Which is a fair is and a fair getting, chunk of change. Getting mates to sit and do that. That's a big you know, it's a big commitment. I was meant to be doing it at the club and the guys that all signed up to play at the club just kept on no, I'm not making it along tonight. Like, well, all right, fine. It's not good. Yeah, that's not so, good. So solo vi- solos, yeah. We like them. We think they're they're definitely doable. Uh, I see the place for them now. I, uh, before yeah. I used to not see the place for a solo game. Yeah. Especially not one that's famed for being a multiplayer game. Yeah. But Which I think maybe that's why F- um, Fantasy Flight are doing that with Imperial Assault. They've uh-huh. brought out one for Imperial Assault. As I say, Jamie Stegmeyer, um, he always includes solo. Solo mm-hmm. player variants of his games is standard. He yeah. did it for Viticulture. He did it for Scythe. Apparently, um, you're, he's going to do it for, um, or he has done it for Charterstone as well. Because Luke, mm-hmm. um, Luke Hector from the Broken Broken Meeple, he's been playing the solo variant of Charterstone. Have to see how the um, how Viticulture solo play works. It it's, just, an, it's a that set game. Just seems unique. The other people there. It's kind of interesting because the cards just say you're going to place workers here, they're going to place workers there, they're going to place this here, they're going to play this here. I don't think they... They obviously don't play cards or anything like that. Yeah. They just place them in certain places depending on when they're going to be playing. So it's kind of interesting. I just... No. I think you have to... It depends. I think you have to see how it would uh, would I I would have to see it because... The whole, you know, like fighting over your placement is the game, I know. you know. I know, I know. <laughs> I know. Um, we've also got unpopular mechanic. Well, thank you for your question, Giles. Yes, yeah. You stunning person in general. Who has is a, is a good supporter of the show. Oh, yeah, he is. He's a nice guy. Um, and finally, we've got um, unpopular mechanics on at on mech who says, "What's the best bit of a munchie box?" And is it morally acceptable to eat eat one in daylight? Oh, for me, it's Bakura. Okay. Definitely Bakura. Okay. 
Is it acceptable to you to daylight? It have, depends. Have, did, did, did you get it? You know, is it the case you, you've just woken up, your head's pounding and you absolutely need to eat, then yeah. Did, but, you, get, but, did you get it the night before, I guess is the question. Yeah. Well, I think that is a big. I think that could be seen I th- I as think a big decider. You've really got to sit down with a mirror if you're eating that for lunch. You look at the mirror as you're eating and go, "Why? I know. Why am I doing this? I know." But then, <laughs> see, I'm in a different. I'm in a different place with munchy boxes because of the potential gluten. You're thing. like, oh no, I my cannot, one weakness, <laughs> wheat. <laughs> I cannot sit down and have a chicken pakora. It depends where you go, because generally, if I go to like say, like an Indian, if it's an Indian, 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 Indian takeaway, you know, Bangladesh, Bangladesh takeaway, anything like that, then they generally just cook with chickpea flour. So I am well, golden, should, or, or glam flour. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm golden to go. I am you happy, be fine. Oh, man, yeah, you know totally. what I mean, it's always, always, always good. Um, yeah, so it's pretty. Uh, yeah, abs, absolutely. Actually, I want a munchbox now. Absolutely, <laughs> you're not allowed one. I know I'm not allowed one. I also want, I also want an iron brew before they're gone. <sighs> it's fine. I'm not. I'm not allowed to drink iron brew, but they're gone, and, and I want one. <laughs> I want to taste one before it's gone. I will tell you. What, I will buy one on the way home, and I will tell you what it's like. I will describe <laughs> it in detail. I will do an iron brew tasting. No podcast. diet one. It's got no be. diet. P- proper. I'm going to do a half hour description. We're going to stick it on the feed, and we're just going to watch the downloads mm. go. And at the end, we're going to say, "Now remember, if you want another episode of us drinking another can of iron brew." Or potentially the glass bottle. Aye, but they're changing the recipe. I know that they're changing the recipe. Why are they doing that? Why? Why? Our American (laughs) listeners are going to have no idea. Um, For our American listeners, um, hello or howdy. Um, (laughs) Hey (laughs) y'all. Hey y'all. There's a traditional Scottish drink called Iron Brew, which is spelled I-R-N-B-R-U which um, became famous because it had traces of iron in it uh, and its tagline used to be made made in Scotland from girders or yep. iron gardens. And it was known to basically have a couple of properties. It was extremely sweet. It's, it's bright, bright orange. Bright, bright orange. It had its own particular taste and also it was also seen as a hangover cure. It is. It, it was, it was it's known, perfect. It was known universally across Scotland, no matter where you were from, that if you had too much if you had too much kind of maybe adult soft drinks the night before, mm-hmm. that if you mm-hmm. had a pounding head, the best thing to do is have you were on your way home with your arm getting laden down with your kebab in your other hand, <laughs> you would have a glass Big a, bottle of a juice. glass bottle <laughs> and as we were calling Glasgow, a bottle of ginger. <laughs> and you would have that with you and then what you would do is you would go home fall asleep face first in your kebab of your choice but you'd wake up the next morning with obviously lettuce stuck to your side, <laughs> of, your, side of your head but you'd lean over and there would be a bottle of iron brew it wouldn't matter if it was opened the night before how, if you'd had a how cheeky do you drink. describe iron brew to it so if you think of bubble gum yes a sort of fruit bubble gum. A fruity kind of bubble gum that which um, basically will dissolve is ginger t- and and junipers is is the taste of iron brew. Yeah, and it kind of will dissolve your teeth and it will coat your tongue. And it's it's <laughs> bright your, orange. It's bright orange, and it will it is the nectar of the 
Oh, it's the, it's, it's mana of the gods. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> but what 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 has happened is recently, due to potentialities of a sugar tax in Scotland, uh, Iron Brew has decided to change its recipe. Yeah, which has resulted in there being fury, people, fury, <laughs> fury, and much gnashing of <laughs> and teeth. People going out and basically <laughs> buying crates and crates of Iron Brew before it goes out of existence. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And you could tax our, you could tax our drinks, but you'll never take our but freedom. The, the the Iron Brew we've got now is isn't Iron Brew that we had when we were kids. Exactly, it's completely different anyway. because so because they, they reduced the amount of ginger in it yeah. to sell it to the English because the English wouldn't drink it. Exactly. Oh, well, it's it's too. Too gingery. Mm. Exactly. So get Burns my mouth. It's over. meant to burn your mouth. Many about what? It's going to put hairs on your chest. You know it's meant mean? to burn your mouth so you don't feel the sugar killing your pancreas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, other types of diabetes are available. <laughs> um, let's do some shout outs because it's been a while since we do shout outs and we obviously do shout outs on a regular basis across the social, the social medias. Ooh. But a couple of people that you should be wanting to, to um, if you like us, then certainly give these people a listen. I shall run through a very quick link. All are very good fun um, and certainly worth a potential download on your podcast catcher of choice. Monster D. Mon- Just the one, because you've not to take up your time. Absolutely. You Monst- must be downloading us. Absolutely. Um, can I download them, but maybe not listen to them? It's up to you. So. <laughs> <laughs> Just to give them the figures. Um, Monster Dear Monster. Um, uh, which is all about well, it, it concentrates around monsters, mythology. Um, they do specials like on say monsters from Dark Souls, Warhammer. They've done oh, stuff on Kaiju. Okay. It's kind of mm-hmm. like monsters within popular culture. They've done specials on Bloodborne and you know stuff like that. Yeah, um, very very interesting. Days of Future Cast, which is um, basically the podcast where they go through the nineteen. 90s X-Men cartoons and talk about them and how wonderful Now here, Wolverine could have ended the entire thing and killed the bad guy, but instead he cut down a tree to land on him (laughs) Basically Um, We've got the fantastic Getting Getting Geeky with Gamer Leaf which is uh, Lake Leaf Day who produces more podcasts than we do He's like three a week Oh He's trying to catch up with us. Oh he does God. like a Kickstarter one. He does a family gaming one. He does a role playing game <laughs> one. He's um he's good fun. He's a good guy. His family is adorable when you hear them talking. <laughs> he's got like his his kids talking on the show, which is absolutely fantastic. The CNC Geekcast, which is two guys talking about films with speech impediments. Um, mm-hmm. they cover all the recent ones. Uh, Monster of the Week, which is a supernatural podcast. Uh, Twin Humanities, which is um, Paddy and CJ, f- massive friends of the show, good mates of mine, um, who are currently covering everything from Warframe to anime to Jojo's Great Adventure to Tokusatsu, anything along those lines, stuff they like to they do. They won't be covering Hunter Call of the Wild. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Um, we've got How to Kill an Hour, um, which is all about how to kill an hour, different things you can do with your time. Don't no give comment. up. Don't give up skeleton, <laughs> which is a Dark Souls, Dark Souls player podcast for people to allow to talk about how they got into Dark Souls. Ah. And there's going to be more of them because they're remastering Dark Souls for the PlayStation Four. I heard and someone for the was Switch. talking about that today. And for the Switch as well. And for the Switch. Yeah, for the Nintendo Switch, you're going to be. Because if able- you think Dark Souls, you think. 
Nintendo. No. And Switch. <laughs> no. I think Mario. Well, my son thinks Mario because that's all he's been watching. <laughs> We've got God is a Geek, which you should be checking out. The wonderful Dark Insight. And, of course, the fantastic and lovely Staying In podcast. Yeah. With, uh, who is it? I'm trying to remember the names again. With Dan. <laughs> and Chris. Dan and Chris. <laughs> and Peter. <laughs> Chris, Dan, Pete. And Sam. See, I got the wall. I didn't there even have go. to write them down. There we go. We've got the Broken Meeple um, with Luke Hector and obviously the fantastic Polyhedron Collider. Special mention to the Expanded Universe who have just done an episode on the Star Wars Christmas special. Oh. Which is... <laughs> which is absolutely fantastic. So if you like us, then kind of check them out. Um... And I think that is about it, really. That's about it. A couple of housekeeping things to mention. Um, if you have liked what you've listened to, um, then please, um, the best way to support the show is to do a couple of things. You can jump onto Facebook and you can like the page and you can keep up. We do try to post on Facebook on a regular basis, uh, which is uh, facebook.com forward slash we're not wizards. Best place to find us is on Twitter, which is We're Not Wizards. You can find us on Instagram, which is We're Not Wizards as well. Um, you can find us on YouTube, because all of our episodes get automatically uploaded to YouTube, thanks to our podcast host, Podbean. Um, uh, you can find it directly by going to youtube.com forward slash C forward slash We're Not Wizards Tabletop Podcast because we've got <laughs> 240 subscribers and I've no idea how that how that happened I'll be perfectly honest um, <clears throat> you can find us on Stitcher and you can find us on Acast you can email us on magic at we're not wizards dot com or dot co dot uk that's the one just nailed it if you like us if you jump onto Apple Podcasts, if you drop us a subscription, because that helps us remarkably well. Um, at one point over the Christmas holidays, we were in the top 100 <laughs> in the American Apple Podcast charts. We actually went as high as, episode, as, as high as position 67. I have no idea either. I know. I don't know. But we, we now have more listeners in America than we have in the UK. So UK, what are you doing? Catch up. For <laughs> You can't let them take over. Um, or, you know, and if you do like us a lot, please feel free to leave us, give us a rating because that really helps or leave us a review. As we say, if you are going to give us a review, don't give us a 10 because that makes us big-headed. It does. <laughs> but don't give us a 1 because that makes us... Ganel and wash our teeth? Cry. <laughs> I'm trying to, like... <laughs> like, I don't know, he's, he's, he's doing mannequin movements. <laughs> it's like a mime he's scaring artist. me. A mime artist. Give us a five. He's closer to the door, I can't get out. <laughs> Give us a five, because it's average, and, and we are, we are We're very distinctly average. average. <laughs> distinctly average, <laughs> let's face it. Um, <clears throat> obviously, there's ways you... I mean, we've still got Redbubble, and we've still got Patreon, but we never really talk about them. No. If you know, it's like, well, you know... I know doesn't matter what's up you know it's fine a <laughs> um, couple of people kind of come up the show in the next couple of weeks we have got Luke Hector from the Broken Meeple is going to be coming on 
We have got Derek Funkhauser from the Boardhouse Spotlight, David Wright from Tabletop Scotland, which is going to be a massive tabletop conference thingy, um, which is going to be coming at some point this year. He's going to be on the show. And we've got the folk, as I say, we have also got Unlucky Frog Gaming, which is our Scottish contingency, our other Scottish podcast. Rivals! Rivals are going to be coming on, and I'm going to be mucking around with their audio to make them sound rubbish. <laughs> and Bez is coming. <laughs> what did you say there? And Bez, they're coming back on as well, so that should Excellent. be an awful lot of fun, as well as Katie is coming back on to tell us the state of our gaming corner after Christmas. There we go. Um, and that's really about it. That's about it. Yes. So, um, as always, um, it is. I guess we just need to say goodbye. So it is a it is a goodbye from Colin. Say goodbye, Colin. Guten Tag. That's hello. <laughs> that's not even a goodbye. That's rubbish. <laughs> and it's a goodbye from me. Hello. Um, remember, stay safe, roll sixes, um, get King Domino if you don't have it. <laughs> yeah, totally. Just buy it, you know. And uh, Happy New Year, I guess, and look out for all this stupid numbers of content. We're not going to do 97 episodes, that's just so. No. We're going to do... Two. two. <laughs> we're going to do one now, we're going to do one in June, and we're going to do a Christmas special. Yep. And that's about it. <laughs> But until the next time, say goodbye, Colin. See you in 2019. (laughs) And it's a goodbye from me. Goodbye.